0: You might have heard that the Talica boys were going to play some heavy shit tonight. All right, welcome back to another edition of Metal Tales from the Road. I'm here talking to our friend Jan. How you doing, Jan? I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I just finished a session uh, with my friend Annie, and she's such a sweetheart. She had to be somewhere also, but I was kind of trying to kick her out a little bit of the studio <laughs> so that I could get to this Metal Tales. <laughs> it's great because it's late in Germany right now. Yeah, what time is it over there?
1: Uh, it's uh, it's it's 10 to 10, to 10 so okay, 9, cool. 9, 9.45 to be precisely. Well, so before we get
0: started and dive into the set list, as you mm-hmm. just told me, the Olymp- Olympiastadion? Olympiastadion. Olympiastadion, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's hear a little bit about your deal. So, you know, where do you sit in the Metallica spectrum? When did you
1: come online with the band? Well, uh, it pretty much all started back in the early 90s. So I'm a 38. Mm-hmm. So, um You know, time of uh, Black Album era, I would say. So um, at that time, I wasn't too much into any kind of uh, heavy music. You know, I have an older sister, and she obviously was not into uh, metal or any other hard rock stuff. So it actually all started with a friend of mine, because he wanted to to get for his birthday the Nothing Else Matters single or maxi CD at that time. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I went to a record store and um, got the, the CD for him. And I, I listened to Nothing Else Matters in the, in the in the record store. And I mean, I knew Nothing Else Matters, but I, I didn't know it was Metallica. So I thought, OK, it's not too bad. And so I started to listen to the Black Album. And at that point, uh, well, yeah, I got the album. And I went home, uh, listened to it uh, you know, front to back all the time and thought it was great because um to that point actually metallica to me was you know i knew metallica as a as a band but to me it was all about like like t-shirts with skulls on it so right <laughs> it was all you know i was you know not 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 scared but i thought okay that, that must be some heavy shit because it's all the skulls and you know people wearing it and um i was not too much into that at that point so but when i got the black album i yeah listened to it and i loved it and um Probably around the same time, I guess, um, I, I play guitar. So I had guitar lessons at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, at that time, I must have been like 12, 13, 11, 12, 13 at that time. And um, I wanted to switch from, you know, I started with a classical Spanish guitar. And uh, as one does at that, that uh, age, I uh, wanted to play electric guitar. So um, I went back to my uh, teacher and asked him, okay, whether we could play something from Metallica because I wanted to play something, you know, songs I knew. And my um, my, my teacher, my guitar teacher, he was more like the, the technical guy. So at that point, we did a lot of, you know, learning or studying scales and it's all, it's all about technique. And I just wanted to play something I knew and something to impress <laughs> girls with or other people with, you know, so uh, I asked him to, yeah, sure, I mean, and uh, so I asked him to play something, if we could play something like Metallica, and I asked him uh, something from the Plague album, he was kind of, you know, uh, oh no, not again, the Plague album, no, no, nothing else matters, so next time I went there, he, uh, he introduced me to Master of Puppets, so we, we started to play uh, Master of Puppets. And we did the intro riff, and I was like, "Ooh, cool! Sounds, sounds great. So, was
0: he was he one of these people that was kind of down on the Black Album? He's more of an original four
1: thrash guy. No, he was he was more like um, he was more the Metallica as a you know he didn't like Metallica at all. Oh, he was more like he he wanted it to more, be more even more technical. So, what a butthole! What a jerk! Yeah, it was. It really was. So,
0: I always tell people who are learning to play guitar: it's so true what you just said. I mean your guitar teacher is right you you do need to learn the fundamental scales and theory and all that, but if you don't get if you don't get a kid playing his favorite songs to where the magic that he hears coming out of the radio or out of his record player he doesn't you don't make that connection that you can do it too that they're just human beings It's just so many people get turned off of playing instruments because they're they're learning Mary had a little lamb or like Bach or something uh-huh.
1: And when no, they it really, it, they really yeah.
0: just want to play, uh, you know, the riff to uh, wherever I may roam, so that the girl in their twelve, you know, <laughs> you were twelve years old, seventh grade or whatever, will look at you differently, you know.
1: Right, right. And he really turned me off because uh, I, I was not any, I was not motivated to to practice at home because I always had to like do some 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 finger techniques, and uh, that's not what I wanted. I wanted I boo to play him. guitar. I boo yeah, him uh, from I boo him from the future. I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, um on the other hand he introduced me to master of puppets. So he he, he it's okay right you now. Yeah, I, he, he balances himself. I can himself do all the technique, so yeah, right. But but it's okay. Do you <laughs> still looking play, backwards it's okay. Do you still play guitar? A little bit. You know, uh, very very uh, it not, not 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 too often unfortunately. I try to do it. Um I have my guitars here in my in my house, but I'm um, you know uh, I have to work. I have two kids, and mm-hmm. so there's not much time for for that. But I always, I always say each year to say to myself, "Okay, you have to play more because I really love it. I'm I'm totally into music, and um, it's really a pity because you know it's so cool just play." How play old are your music. kids? Uh, my daughter is uh, she's seven, and my son he's four. Oh man, and... yeah, I got a four year
0: old too. It, it's like uh, it's like we'll get our lives back in like ten or fifteen more years, and then
1: we can <laughs> yeah, we can do what there's... we want again. And we're also expecting our third child. So. oh wow, congratulations, <laughs> thanks, so there's you know I have to wait some more years, but
0: uh, <laughs> you're about no, to get right really, back we... into you're about to get back into diapers again, dude I know, I know oh boy i know. I, know. I, know I, I distinctly it. remember, sorry, this is a little bit tangent city. I remember distinctly the last time I touched my daughter's poop, like I remember <laughs> like she she was pretty much getting potty trained, she was doing it herself mostly at school, and I remember like it was just like she had a blowout or something and i had to take care right. of it i remember thinking this is probably the last time i'll ever do this and honestly dude i felt kind of sad about it
1: well yeah <laughs> in it's a exactly really me. weird way i I'm like
0: it's like when you when those you you dream so much of the day when this one phase that's so horrible will end and then it does end without warning and it's kind of a it's kind of there's a morning a little bit of a morning cuz your kiddo's growing up you know
1: yeah i know i know and that's probably the reason why we are now expecting the third child. But, you know, right. a lot of friends still have, like, the uh, have, have babies. And um, so uh, really my wife was very much, oh, I don't know, uh, I think I want to do it again, you know, a baby. and um, But I'm actually scared. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've done this twice, but I still don't know if uh, – I can't remember how to, like – a whole a, a baby and you know you have to be very careful and all
0: this shit oh dude but, fear is the uh, appropriate response I have a theory that the hardest things in life like having a young kid I mean having a baby is so scary I mean I remember when when we left the hospital I was so mm. fucking scared and then my mother-in-law stayed with us for two weeks like helping <laughs> and then of course she had to go home and live her life and I remember my wife and I were standing in our doorway waving bye to my mother-in-law and we just looked at each other like, "Oh my God, we do not know what to do with this baby." <laughs> but no, you I, figure it out, But my yeah. theory is that, that shit like that is so horrifying and so scary that it as soon is. as you get through it, you just it's like you it's like um, erasing the trash bin on your computer. You just delete all the information. <laughs> and I think yeah, that yeah. that's built in evolutionarily so that people will continue procreating, because it's like you forget how hard it was, and you just remember the sweet shit. And then you yeah, then you wait a yeah. few years and your four you know you you're, your your four year old turns four you're out of diapers uh, is your four year old a little girl or a boy
1: the four year old is a boy
0: so he's running around he's a lot of oh, fun yes. he's um, probably mischievous and he probably is doing he's probably becoming self sufficient too so you you're like you know what it'd be nice to try this again and then you're just yeah, right back in the fire yeah. dude
1: I know but now you know all the consequence we need a new car <laughs> mm-hmm. and every we sold everything like you know. Uh, and now we have to get, we have to buy everything again. And, but well, we, we'll see. We, we'll figure it out. I actually somehow.
0: love, I love hearing that from a, a fellow parent, dude, because that's just, that's the real struggle of parenthood. And, and um, not to put down people who don't have kids or whatever, it's nothing like that. But it's like, until you walk that gauntlet, like when we, we had to put our kid in daycare almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what daycare is like in Germany, but over here, it's, it's so expensive. It's like buying a second house. Okay. And I remember w- my wife and I were looking at the expenses for what it was going to cost to put our kid in daycare and we were literally like we I don't know how we're going to pay for this. It would be as if we bought a second house which is insane because we're just normal people. But you okay. just you find a way to do it. You sell some shit and you adjust your budget and you maybe deprive yourself of some mm-hmm. stuff you did previously and before you know it you're you've got your family and you've got the car you need or whatever it is you need and your kids in school or whatever and it's kind of nice to look back and be like, you know what? We really made that work as a family. Yeah, sure. That's yeah, a super yeah. rewarding feeling. It is. That's true. Here's something I'm curious about. You mentioned that you weren't really into Metallica. You got the Nothing Else Matters single for your bud. What were you listening to before that? You're 12 years old in the early 90s. Like, what's What were you most excited about?
1: At that point, I mean, um, I, I, I started to, to listen to music, you know, like really listening to music at that point. So at that point in in, in Germany, we, we, or I listened to some, some punk music. So we had the skate punk
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, era at that point. So a lot of, uh, no effects and Pennywise and all that. Wow. Yeah, I know. And, um. I think one of the first records I got was um Akli Joe, Akli jo oh, record yeah. because because of Cats in the Cradle because that was like the only the only song that played on the radio so so Cats in the Cradle was like the first real I can't remember what time that was but I think no it's uh, early Cats 90s yeah yeah did that record My, have? Uh, um, did that record
0: have "I Hate Everything About You" on it? That was a big single yeah, over here.
1: Yeah, but I can't. I can't remember whether I had first the, like the black album or, or Cats in the Cradle, uh, uh, Akli Joe. But uh, you know, I, I was um, sort of drifting around between different styles of music. Um, but um, around that time, I mean, a lot of punk music. Um, and yeah, then it was Metallica. Metallica Were you? Did you grow up? I, I'm, forgive me for not knowing what this is like
0: over there, but did you grow up speaking English, or how did you know? Was this music lyrically
1: foreign to you? It was. I mean, um, you know, in the radio in Germany, pretty much ninety percent is English music. I mean, we have some some German bands and all that, but um, you grow up listening to to American or English music, so. Yeah, you got the Scorpions, you got Kraftwerk, <laughs> yeah. you got Rammstein. Yeah, sure. yeah, I mean, I mean, Scorpions, they they, they do English music. They, they sing English. They yeah, English, that's right. Uh, en- English lyrics. Yeah, Rammstein is way later. They, they came like, I don't know, 2000. Late, late 90s or yeah. something, yeah. yeah. Right. And um, yeah, I think Rammstein, um, yeah, I spent some time in uh, 98, 97 in, in the United States. I went to high school there. And like one of the first uh, conversations I had with a uh, um, uh, at school was like, oh, you're from Germany. So, you know, Rammstein, du,
0: du hast. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. in 1998, a bunch of little misfits like me were walking around. We were like, I know German. I can say you hate me or whatever. Yeah, the right, lyric right. was. right.
1: Du, du hast. And, du everybody hast mich about, you yeah. know, uh, about Rammstein. And uh, that was kind of strange because they were weren't that big at that time in Germany, hmm. at, least, at least for me. I mean, I'm, I might, might be mistaken, but... Um, Where'd you go to school was, in the States? Where? I went to, uh, to Connecticut. Okay, cool. That's a nice part of the
0: country to, to hang it out is. in. Yeah, it really was. How did that come pretty, about? Uh,
1: you know, at one point, a friend of uh, my family, he went to the a to high school, and um, I thought, oh, it's pretty cool. And one day I came home from school, and my mother... Uh, she told me, okay, I got some 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 magazines here for for school exchange, and uh, what do you think about it? And I thought, okay, yeah, let, let's let's try this, and um, I went to a boarding school, which was kind of an interesting experience. So mm. I, I lived in a dorm, and uh, surrounded by all the football and ice hockey guys, <laughs> it was uh, interesting.
0: They're all just saying duhas to you over and over. You're like, do dudes, us, yeah. Like, dudes, I speak English actually. <laughs> Um well that's cool, so did you do your whole high school experience over here and then you went back home for
1: college or university or whatever no i just uh, i i uh, 've been there um i think like for for seven or eight months and then I came back and did my high school uh um diploma or exam here in Germany and then started to to go to university. How did you do with the ladies being a foreign exchange student
0: cool dude from Germany in the Metallica? Oh, but you were at a boarding school. Was it like a co-ed thing? Yeah, it was. Okay. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it was co-ed. So you Yeah, so it was co-ed. so what was no, it? it was what,
1: no bummer. What was it like it, for
0: you socially? Was it were you like the exotic bird in the boarding school? All the ladies yeah, saying to to you in a come hither voice?
1: Yeah, but but not the cool guy, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, at that point it was uh because the the language and I mean, it was like uh for me, it was really strange because oh, it was really like uh, cheerleader and and uh, and footballer, you know. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. and um, I was the sort of strange guy from Germany, I guess. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We 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 hang out with um, all the other international students. I had some 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 friends also from from the United States, but. Um, Uh, yeah, I think Uh, I was a strange guy from Germany, I guess. I imagine
0: in that scenario, I mean, I was in my own country and felt very Mm. strange in high school. Um, Was music a big part of kind of your connection to home or a way that you sort of felt like you had a a place to belong? Do you have one of those stories or is
1: it less less dramatic than that? No, it's not that dramatic. But I, I remember, I mean, now music is a big part of that experience because I remember at that time, Oh, let me see, ninety six. I don't know. I think I bought the S and M record in in the United States, so mm-hmm. um, I listened to that a lot in in my in my dorm in my room. So whenever I listen to s m m um it's always like a, a a flashback or throwback to to that experience. So right. Um, I had actually a Metallica poster in my in my dorm room. <laughs> Which one? I think it, I think it was the Load poster. I can't nice. remember. Nice. Yeah, well, they're very. very rockstar like yeah. and um i think it was load yeah
0: awesome i have yeah. a
1: load poster in my
0: garage right now i feel like okay. my gr- my studio and my garage are like if you transported me to my room when i was 14 <laughs> i'm so lucky my <laughs> wife lets me put all this shit in my studio uh when was the first time you saw metallica
1: first time i saw metallica was um at uh, Rock am ring this is this huge festival here in germany mm-hmm and I grew up not too far away from that, so I saw them there, I think twice or even three times, I can't remember. And um, it was actually a really funny experience because um, they obviously were headlining the the whole um, festival, and they were up at you know eleven o'clock at night on, on Saturday, so um, as a headliner, and they played on center stage. And that year, I think it was around, I don't know, ninety six um, or. 90, I don't know, end of the 90s, I guess. Um, Looks so, like
0: 99. Does 99 yeah. sound right?
1: Sh- should could be. They opened with Bread Fan? I can't remember the whole set oh, Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But but what I do remember is that I was, um, I think before Metallica, there was Cypress Hill on the center stage. So oh, wow. Rock Ring in Cypress Hill. But they played live and it was amazing. The, the drum, you know, the, the the bass drum of Cypress Hill on like this, this whole... Um, um uh you know sound system that sounds so amazing was great and then there was monster magnet i can't remember like uh, love them space lord yeah i i think it was monster magnet at the time i I can't can't recall it too Uh, but um uh, i think cypress hill then monster magnet then metallica so shit man that sounds like a good bill It was. It was really great. And during Cypress Hill, I was like third row and I was like, oh, my God, I'm I'm third row. I'm going to see Metallica and I'm third row. It's going to be amazing. I can almost touch them, Mm. you know, and then uh, Cypress Hill finished and then we had Monster Magnet or the other way around. I I can't remember. And then everybody knew, Okay, next, next, uh, next thing is going to be Metallica. And all of a sudden, like this uh, army of battle West soldiers <laughs> marched forward and all of a sudden it was like uh, 20 rows behind, you know, to me it was like uh, all this uh, <laughs> battle vest metal guys mm-hmm. and they just came, you know, they waited until Metallica was on and then they marched forward. I was, okay, cool. you cool. You go there. I, I don't have to be like third row. And all of a sudden I was like uh, way behind, but still it was a great experience. I, I,
0: yeah, I'm never gonna be the guy that's like trying to hold my ground with a bunch of fucking crazy metalheads. No. I'm like, you know what? That's cool. I almost got squashed to death at a um at a Perfect Circle show in like okay. 2001. I just ran a similar to you. I ran up front. I was maybe three rows back. Mm. Um, it was all general admission, but just you know, approximately three rows back for the opener. And then when the Perfect Circle came on, we all compressed oh. into a space. It went from like ten rows. All the 10 rows went to like three rows. And I thought I was mm. going to fucking die in there.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, it man. was really – they just marched forward. They didn't care about anybody else. And I mean, I was cool. But it was it was okay. And um, it was still an amazing experience. I remember it was like summer and uh, it was not raining at that time. Although rock and ring, there's usually rain. And it was just great. And um, so that was like the first time I saw in live. Wow, what a cool first experience. Mm, it was.
0: And then what uh, about after that? How many times have you seen him before in between that and this Berlin show we're going to talk about?
1: I think Berlin is, uh, has been the the fifth show. Okay. So I saw him in the 90s and early 2000s, I guess. And then I uh, I kind of got off the train for a little bit during Sanger and Death mm-hmm. Magnetic <laughs> and during my uh, you know time at university and so I didn't attend any other concerts and then um, last year we did the arena show in, in Stuttgart, okay, which was amazing, uh, totally different to me, but um, also amazing. We had the, um, the Unforgiven experience, so we had like early, early excess and um, I think the Unforgiven experience, is like the the the, the smallest um, uh, VIP package, so we have like this um, dedicated uh, entrance and also um, early access. And for some reason, I I can't remember why, but we were like first in the venue, so we were first there, and we had the rail. We did the rail. Awesome. And uh, did it to the rail. And unfortunately, I went there with two colleagues of mine, and they are the very very casual fans, so they are. They want to hear you, uh, or listen to to Andrew Sandman and nothing else matters. Right, and so they were not, you know, not positive about waiting there and fighting your spot for like hours. So at one point we said, okay, it's not going to be the rail today. Um, we'll grab a beer and uh, uh, look for another spot. Um, was okay with me uh, because we went like to another spot pretty close to the to the stage and right behind us there was like this small emergency gangway so we had pretty pretty cool a pretty cool spot there we're still pretty close so when they throw the the picks, you could still you know catch them so we were still close to the to the stage but we we left the rail i know it's you don't do this as a as a diehard Metallica fan, but but we did because the other two guys I went with they didn't want to stay there the whole time.
0: Well, this says a lot about you. You were you were a considerate uh, fellow concert
1: goer, and you made someone else real happy who got the rail in your spot. Oh yeah, I did. I mean, uh, at that point it was really like uh, there were people around us, and I asked, okay, we are going to leave. Are you you want to go? Yeah, and they, they they freaked out. I mean, so, they are you fucking were... serious? Why? then, Yeah. <laughs> Not that, yeah. I mean, it was it was fun. They were really happy, and um, so it was it was fine with me. That's a cool set list too. I'm
0: looking at it right now. Like in some of the rotating slots, you got Motor Breath, Confusion, which is super rare. You know, they may they may never play Confusion again. You got yeah, Helpless because they were at the were time two, they were doing that cover slot. I don't.
1: There were two two uh, dates in Stuttgart. So oh was shoot, one, April 7th the is first. the one I'm looking at. Okay, I can't remember. And oh um, yeah, here's April. Oh yeah, April
0: 9th. Oh wow, it's at a different venue. No, it's the same venue. Yeah, but I did the first uh, was the, the first
1: concert. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: That's the one I was just looking at. And Kvrltak okay. Klu- opened? Jesus, how do you say yeah. that name? Are they German? I, I don't know. No, okay. I
1: think they're some Scandinavian band. That was strange. The, the, the lead singer, he was like wearing some sort of a, a wolf or eagle mask or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A wolf or an eagle mask? All right. Well, yeah, I don't know. Some, some animal. I, I can't remember. It, it was strange. I mean, they were, from a musician point of view, pretty pretty good, pretty tight. But it was, yeah, strange.
0: So when they announced <laughs> this stadium tour, you already seen them in the arena. Were you for sure going to go? Like, was that just a
1: no question about it? You're going to see them again if they're near you? No question. No, no. Uh, so last time I saw them in Stuttgart, I, uh, I sort of swear to myself uh, whenever they come into Germany, I'm going. Because mm-hmm. it was it was amazing. I loved the show. It was great to me, and so uh, I also wanted to see like different experience and to compare like the arena show to a to a stadium show. Right. So yeah, no, no no question. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So yeah. did you get there in time? Are you are you one of these people that's curious to see like Bocasa or because you weren't on the rail this time, right? You just had sort of a no, no, no. So did you this get there? Time, did you get there early enough to check them out?
1: Check out Bokasa and Ghost. Just Ghost. Uh, because this time we we did like um, I went with uh, with a friend or ex-colleague of mine I went to Berlin you know I live in the in the northern part of Bavaria so Berlin is not like the the next place to go but um, I wanted to visit with a with a friend who who moved to to Berlin and um, so we thought okay the concert is a a great uh, occasion to do so so um, I went there um, by train and uh, got to Berlin and we we you know, went for for, for dinner and, and grabbed some beer, and then uh, this time we decided to do it like the the old man style, the comfortable way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had seats actually, so um, uh, we had yeah, seat in a pretty good um, part of the stadium. So um, as a fifth member, you have like this pre pre sale, so we could uh, look for we we looked for for good seats, and um, so we went there. Uh, pretty late actually so we were there for for ghost but i didn't see uh, the other opening act
0: and what do you think about ghosts
1: are you I love a fan it. yeah yeah i mean uh uh actually lars introduced me to to ghost because uh i think he was the first one to to talk about ghost or he was like the first sort of famous um support or fan of ghost mm-hmm. and also you, you guys on the podcast you talked a lot about ghost and um when they announced or published that um, Ghost is going to be one of the supporting acts for Metallica at the European leg of the of the stadium tour, I was like, "Wow, that, that's great!" So then I started to to really listen to their music, and it's it's amazing. You know, I have a a sweet spot, sort of a um, yeah, sweet spot for the 80s. So right, <laughs> uh, right. Uh, I love 80s music. So um, I think they have like very much of an 80s vibe yeah, to absolutely. their music. Mm-hmm. And that's, but, you know, without being too 80s, you know, it's always like this, 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 this great um, yeah, mixture of, of 80s um, sounds and then also good, good rock or metal music. And um, I love the, I love the songs. Yeah,
0: so. you can really tell that that, that Tobias Forge guy, uh, you know, he's, I'm about to be 36, you're 38. I think he's mm-hmm. maybe 35. He's kind of, he kind of comes from the same shit you and I grew up mm-hmm. on. And it's so nice to hear a dude making music that synthesizes all that so well. Um, I was going to ask you this: when did you when did you hear about Metal Up? Your podcast? How did you get hip to what we're doing over here?
1: I think it was around the the show in um, in Stuttgart because I was or right before the show because I was so much um, lately. I, uh, you know, I was so much into Metallica lately that I just looked for anything I could find about Metallica because in my you know, I don't have too many friends um, that are um, into Metallica where I can talk to mm-hmm. uh, about Metallica. So I just uh, Googled it or, you know, I went to Evil Spotify and I think I, uh, I found you there. And um, I, I started to listen through all the episodes and um, that's how it all started.
0: Okay, right on.
1: I, cool. I became a Patreon, like, well, I don't know, end of two thousand. So I'm I'm no no OG to be honest, but uh, <laughs> listen to all the uh, episodes and um, I, I love your podcast. That's really. okay. I really, really appreciate what you're doing. Oh it's, it's man, great.
0: thank you. And one of the th- ways, reasons that I love doing Metal Tales so much is it allows me to meet folks like you that support the show and and actually tell you thank you to your, to your face or your ears, however we're no, doing it, this. it
1: really is. I mean, um, it, it all started for me to you know just to to. To hear about Metallica, but um, you know, at the beginning, also for me, it was all about Metallica, just to, to know Metallica. But what you create is like a whole new community. I mean, it's still all about Metallica, but it's so much fun, uh, also due to the um, all the Metal Tales. You, even I, although I've never met any of those other Patreons, I, you know, I feel like I know these guys because right. you know, you read their 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 emails, and and they are you know they're on, on different Metal Tales. Um, and it's just great. I love and it's really exciting also to to see the how the how the podcast developed, you know, like the whole community, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's great.
0: I don't think we I don't think we ever expected the that part of it to be what it is because Ethan and I actually have the same takeaway. Like the, the coolest thing about the show is the community around it. Mm. Not even that people listen or like it or whatever, which is obviously awesome, but it's been a really surprising Way to like make friends, you know, and a lot of people feel the way you do. They love the damn band and they can't get enough of it. But in their actual sort of physical circles or their job, their peers and their colleagues, they don't really have many people to talk to about the band. I know that I don't, other than Ethan, really. Mm. Ethan and Paul Moak. I mean, like all the dudes that I tour with and play with, they know Metallica and they respect it, but they don't. They don't want to talk to me about the merits of Man Unkind. You know, mm. or debate with me whether or not Lords of Summer should have been on hardwire. They they just simply uh, don't have any reference for any yeah. of that shit.
1: No, 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 same with me. And uh, it's it's really just it's so much fun. Also, the all the characters you sort of developed, you know, Torm Hulk and all the you know the Joises. Even for me as a German guy, it's it's so much fun. It's just great. So, thank well, you. who doesn't
0: like who doesn't like hearing a nice Jewish sounding grandma? Talk, talk about <laughs> rubbing olive oil over yourself and letting your dog lick it off. That's just, oh, yeah. that transcends uh, country, my friend. I know. <laughs> All right, so cool. So you played you played it smart and played it safe. You, you treated yourself to a sort of more relaxing uh, adventure this time around, which I totally get, dude. I totally get the like, you know what? I'm going to get a seat. I'm not going to rush to get there. I'm going to make sure I can get some beer uh that's definitely how i'm rocking concerts these days too yeah exactly
1: also i mean also on 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 your podcast um a lot of people you know if you're um at the rail you you're very close to the to the the guys but Mm -hmm. you you kind of don't get the whole experience of the show absolutely so so this time I, i really wanted to experience the show so um which was really amazing i mean um the show itself i mean all the pyro it was it was really amazing it was was mind blowing so how did yeah. the crowd react to ghost did they seem generally to dig what was going on yeah they they did i mean it was like the first time ever that i've seen uh, the crowd actually uh, actually uh, you know cheering to the to the supporting band uh, because i mean they're they're famous i mean they're they're a big band they I mean, are yeah they are i mean and so uh, everybody knew them i guess i mean i think you know, it was still a daylight. Uh, the weather wasn't too good, and um, they, you know, they kind of seem somehow lost on on this huge stage. They have like not their own stage set up, and so it's not like the whole ghost vibe. You know, I, I think if you see them when it's dark with um, some some moody really light or something, it's it's even it's even better. But um, still, the music was great, and they sounded they sounded good, and um, yeah, it was, it was great. And, I'm
0: sure uh, I'm sure in some level. I mean, I've seen that. I know that dude's a big Metallica fan, and mm. I know how grateful he seems to be on the tour. And, of course, an opportunity to play in front of, you know, forty to 70,000 people a night is obviously a no-brainer for the business side of his band. But there is a sense, too, where, like you're saying, they're already so big that it's there's probably some frustration with they can't really come out and do their thing because their stage setup is such a big part of it, you know? Mm. And if they're playing before the sun really goes down, they only have a small area. I know they set up that backdrop and stuff, but it's got to be a whole different. Because I mean, they, I don't know what it's like in Europe. They're probably bigger in Europe, but they can sell out arenas here now. So I think they're coming back over here after this tour and doing their first full-on arena headlining tour. So it's probably yeah. the last time we'll see them support a band. The, and if they are going to support a band, it's going to be a band as big as Metallica.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's that's exactly what I thought. I thought, okay, for them, it's like the the, the final the final supporting part before mm-hmm. they really do the arenas because they're they're big now also in in Europe and um you know a lot of people knew them and uh, now due to this uh, Metallica uh supporting gig um everybody else knows them so it's think, kind
0: of like when Metallica opened up for Ozzy right. on the, on, when they did puppets except bigger because that was just arenas it's mm. not like Ozzy was doing stadiums so that's so that's so crazy man but, well, no. good for them, dude. I've I've been, I've sure, I'm a no. big supporter of that band. I hope they do good things. And I am.
1: I really wanted to make it to the to the gig because um, it was great. And I listened a lot uh, lately to to their um, to their songs just to be sort of prepared, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they did a good mix of all their you know of their hits, so to say. So they played, um, you know, I love rats or um, oh yeah. Square, yeah, square hammer, square hammer. They did of course, and um, seriously, yeah, probably yeah. Uh, uh, I looked at the set list
0: at some point. I think they're playing roughly the same set every night. It's like kind of jam-packed it with the the ghost sauce. So, all right, so moving into Hardwired. So you've seen seen the arena tour, and now you're kind Mm -hmm. of sitting back. You're going to take in the stadium. I mean, those screens are really, really impressive when you're looking at them. Uh, That's something that you really do miss if you only went to the arena shows. It's just the spectacle of how
1: big the show Mm -hmm. is. It is, right. It's it's a massive, it's a big show, but also the arena tour was, it was. I mean, all the the, the screens and the drones, it was amazing. To me, like one of the most beautiful uh, stage sets I've, I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I so agree. The, the arena tour was special as well. But this time I wanted to see how they are, like do, um, yeah, how they are going to set up the the, the, the stadium tour, the stage. And um, Berlin, the... Olympiastadion, as we learned, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, um, it's a very special venue because um, in, I think it was, you know, 1936, so in the dark times of German history, mm-hmm. uh, the Olympic Games took place there and you can still, it's it's a very, very special venue. It's 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 huge, it's large, like wow. 70 people there. I'm actually you know? looking at the pictures
0: now and there's actually a picture yeah. with the Olympic rings, like right when you walk in with right. those two towers. So right.
1: that was in the 30s? That was in the '30s, and uh, it was uh, Hitler who opened the, the Olympic shit. games at that time. And I, I, I have still like you know pictures from from TV uh, in my mind, you know, uh, seeing seeing Hitler there, you know, doing his, his his crazy speeches, and it still was kind of a to me some, sort of a spooky atmosphere. Oh, too. you know what, dude? There, there's a famous video,
0: and we obviously don't have to camp out here for long, but there's a famous video of him at that Olympics. Yeah, and he's like right. tweaking out on like coke. Or, he was like a big drug guy. Have you seen that video of him like tweaking out at the Olympics?
1: No, uh, I don't know. Uh, no. It's like him I mean, ner- nervously
0: rocking in his chair. He's like definitely on drugs. It's so okay. weird. Yeah, I just now put that together that that's the Olympics in Germany it at is. this
1: fucking stadium. It is. it is, and that that is really like um. I mean, it's it's some some time back, but still. It's it's uh, the the architecture of the of the stadium is still right. very it's very you know very German so to say from from that time. I so.
0: wonder if a lot of the crowd like the local crowd felt some of that energy. You know when it's like when the boys played Nimes in France. Mm. You know that ancient Colosseum and there's just a way where some shit just stays in a place a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's too dramatic, but. I didn't even think about all that. There I would have felt a different kind of charge from all that. And in a way too, like I don't know, having seeing Metallica there bring their beautiful sauce to that place, it almost like a redemptive kind of force
1: too. Mm. You know? No, nope. But that was a thought. I mean that the the other part 1936 like way back and now there are like people from all over the world are are there just to to party together to see like the greatest band in the world. And so now the the stadium has its has its good good times, you know. Yeah, right so, on. So it's always great just to see that. And um, I think the the atmosphere was, was great, although it was was raining, it was actually heavily raining at that time when uh, Metallica started. But
0: um, so I can see in the pictures that it, it is an open stadium, but there it does look like there's
1: a cover over a lot of the seated part of the crowd. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So. <laughs> Uh, we we didn't have to to care much about the rain, so right. we were we were fine. But the uh, the guys were in in the rain, and um, of you know, the, all the other people in the um, in the arena, they they were. Uh, yeah, it was raining all the time. Yeah, I feel like they've kind of
0: had bad luck in Europe on this run with rain. I feel like there's been yeah, a I, handful I, of shows that have been like that. Yeah,
1: I saw saw Milan was uh, heavily raining. Oh, I yeah, guess. yeah,
0: yeah. I think and, Milan was yeah. when
1: Kirk fell on his goddamn water. Uh, yeah, right, right. And this time he had actually—I um, mean, he didn't fail this time—but he had some some technical problems during um, the second solo, the outro solo of *Master of Puppets*. Uh, his guitar suddenly went off, so hmm. yeah, okay, no more no more Kirk sounds, and he had sort of pretended to smash his guitar on the stage. But he didn't Pret- pretended to smash it. Yeah, he didn't. That's an interesting <laughs> move. Yeah, uh, no, he, he tried to sort of uh, act or play over it and. And he got his new guitar and and he kept on on playing. Okay. Well, no, so, but I mean the the venue ahead. was really uh, it's 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 seventy thousand people I think and um, it was sold out as much as I know. Uh, Did was, you get nervous in a crowd of seventy
0: thousand? You ever like sit there and think like, wow, there's like seventy thousand people here. This could get really dicey.
1: Um, not really. No.
0: Okay, that's not, just me. Not I'm just neurotic more. and insane. Cool. i mean
1: if, if i was uh standing there you know, like packed and it was all really um sort of an aggressive atmosphere Um i once went to a um rage against the machine concert and that was heavy and that's like the only time i i left like the i don't know how you call it like the inner, inner part of the arena you know yeah yeah like the the general admission part the standing yeah, part right because it was too to the the atmosphere was too aggressive and you know when the, when the third guy around me had like his 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 nose nose was bleeding and um oh my God. I thought that that's too much for me so so I left to to go some some rows behind but no 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 I think um um no, the atmosphere was fine It was actually everybody was was in a good mood and oh well. I've seen people complaining
0: this was more in the arena shows I don't know if you felt this one in the arena show in stuttgart which by the way I've been to I went to Stuttgart this time last year I was playing in the band that I'm in we did a uh, we played there's an army base there that we played for and okay. uh we had a couple of days off and kind of roamed around Stuttgart it was super fun but people have been complaining um that the crowds are like not aggressive enough <laughs> like I guess everyone's kind of mellowed out over the years but I find that to be a uh a hospitable you know uh turn of events in the Metallica crowd I, I'm cool that it's not like raging against the machine in 1996 mm. Or you know not, my my the, yeah. the most dangerous experience I've ever had at a concert, believe it or not, was Oasis. Yeah, I know. And I, I, I thought we I went
1: through with Birkenstock, and Right.
0: I lost my <laughs> shoes, and I was so we were so packed in, I couldn't move my arms up. And like a crowd surfer, Big Doc Martin hit me right in the face, and I couldn't even like put my hand up to like be like ow. And I got the fuck out of there as soon as I could. And when mm. I did, I was I couldn't believe how relieved I felt. I thought I was gonna die in there.
1: Yeah, I yeah. can't imagine no. being at
0: like a mid '90s Pantera show or a
1: was, Rage yeah. show or Slayer or something, you know? No, uh, no, I, I don't miss it. I mean, um, last year in Stuttgart, there was like in our area where we were standing, there was one drunk idiot, mm-hmm. and he started to throw like his his uh, his cups of beer into the crowd. And, oh my god, what an! Uh, asshole. He started to push people, and you know. I think I mean I'm, I, I might be mistaken. I don't know, but I think Lars uh, noticed that from his because he said something to the security guy, and you know, two minutes later, like three or four security guys um, pushed through the crowd and got him and and uh, threw him out of. Bye the, bye. Thank you. Yeah. Bye and bye. Idiot. Was like, yeah, everyone is cheering, and so I, I don't miss it. It doesn't mean that you. I mean, you're still having a good time. You're still sort of dancing or jumping and and or, singing along or
0: crocheting or crocheting a nice quilt yeah sure maybe and, maybe yeah. playing backgammon i don't know doing lots of nice things
1: what you do you know some some party yeah of, who, chess. of course who am i to say yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> maybe reading maybe reading uh, Caesar's The Dog Whisperer. I don't know. I mean, we're all getting older. Yeah, of course. All right. So th- they come out with Hardwired, and w- what's the vibe on that? I mean, how do, you know how did you feel seeing the screens? All the, of course, the buildup with Ecstasy of Gold. Was mm-hmm. your buddy uh, that you were with kind of a diehard or a casual? Were you sort of seeing it through no, his it, eyes it. too?
1: It was one of the guys I went to uh, Stuttgart with. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> no, but but he's, he's okay. I mean, he knows Metallica and he knows more songs than just uh, Andrew Sandman and nothing else matters. Um, but, you know, um, I, I have to start with the ecstasy of gold because that's like the, it's one of the highlights of, of every show. I mean, I love it. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the atmosphere when like, you know, when, when you listen to it and you know, okay, mm-hmm. this is ACDC so Mm -hmm. next song is going to be ecstasy and then it's going to happen so i like when every every everyone is getting nervous and everyone's like okay this is easy i think the next song is going to be you know and uh, so i like this this atmosphere and um yeah then ecstasy of of gold and then uh, right into um um hardwired hardwired and the the intro and that was was great i mean on a in a Uh, stadium sound system it it sounded really really amazing so that was great and then uh, also when when Lars starts to to you know (laughs) work on his drums the 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 change of the sound from from the tape to the real life drum it's amazing (laughs) yeah it's one of my
0: favorite moments in the whole show yeah whether it's whether it's hardwired at the top or like spit out the bone later yeah uh I love the the difference in the tape because the tape gets pretty loud where you feel like, oh, maybe they're going to match it. But then when the boys come in, it's way louder. It's way more in your yeah. face. It's a little yeah, faster because yeah. they got the adrenaline. That is an exciting moment
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that was great. I mean, uh, in your face is like the the whole uh, scheme or a theme for the whole show. It was, it was great.
0: Oh, yeah, because yeah, they have everyone up on the screens like with the red and white and all the weird faces mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, that's so right. fun. I remember, yeah. I don't know if it was from, from your vantage point, if you could see it, but I remember um, I was up front for one of the stadium shows in the States, and it seemed like the guys, like you see Lars come out to start the, the tune, and it seemed like the other dudes literally came, just appeared out of nowhere. Did it seem yeah. like that from where you were?
1: It did. And I actually, I have to admit, I I filmed that moment just for this reason, because I wanted to see where they're coming from. And it even on on my, uh, on this small on the pictures, you, you can't really say where they're coming from. I mean, suddenly there's Rob, uh, then you can see Kirk from from the right um, side of the stage, and or left side if you're standing on the stage, and then there's James. You don't you don't really know where they're coming from. Suddenly they're just there.
0: Yeah, I I, don't know, I actually me. got to see the back of the stage, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it's like it, they're just ramps. Okay. So they just sort of walk up, and they kind of run up them because it's such a huge stage. But it just has the it has the illusion of them just appearing, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like demons. It's fucking awesome. It really was, yeah. So, are you the type of dude that follows the set list? Like, did you were you expecting the memory remains, or have you
1: were you trying to be surprised, or what's your vibe on that? Um, last year, um, I I was really like researching everything I could find just to know what they're going to play. So this time I wanted to do everything like a different way. So I tried not to, to watch too many YouTube videos. I tried not to uh, research on the set list. So I knew, of course, that they're the, the, like the, the, the stables are what they are always are going to play. But I, I, I didn't know what they're really going to play. So I didn't know if it's memory or whatsoever. So no, I didn't. And I was it was it was great. Memory remains is the second song, uh, you know, first song to sing along, and the whole crowd started to sing along. It was was amazing. Yeah, and I think it was the first time I saw Memory uh, live. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah, um, we we saw uh, I saw three <clears throat> of the last um, arena shows, and I ca- I caught it at one of those. So fun, dude. So fun to just sort of I remember whoever I was. I think I was next to my friend Sarah, but just arm-in-arm, arm. Yeah.
1: you know, it's so fun. That's great. And uh, really, actually, really good song to, to start the show with, you know, after after Hardwired Jeff, the, like the first uh, sing-along song, it uh, was really great. It was like first, you know, <laughs> touching moment to see the whole crowd singing I, along. I totally
0: agree, dude. I, it uh, makes me so proud. To be a supporter of Reload, because as much <laughs> as shit as that record gets, it's like undeniable that that song is such a special moment in Metallica's entire catalog.
1: It is, <laughs> you know. I mean, I love Reload. Um, I think Reload's a great, great record, and especially "Memory Remains" is such a great song to to perform live. Yeah,
0: I've I've literally never gotten sick of it. I've never no. not liked no. "Memory Remains." It's like it's. I always kind of liken it to like a '90s "Creeping Death" almost. 'Cause it's got a big sing along and everyone loves it, everyone knows it. You know what I mean? Right. I don't yeah, really sure. see anyone looking bored during that song. No, no, no. It makes me proud of that era. Because other than the blackout, like, you know, they don't really play they
1: don't play anything off load and which is insane to me. Mm, that's true. There's nothing no no nothing from load. Only reload and uh, black album, of course, yeah, yeah, but nothing from load.
0: So that goes in the lightning, which to me is a huge treat. Also, I would have been so—I've never seen
1: them play "Ride the Lightning." I would have been so stoked to see that. I was happy. That was like uh, really—that was a treat to me as well. Um, You know, I think "Ride the Lightning" is probably is my favorite um, album. Mm -hmm. So if I had—if I had to decide, I mean, I always switch between "Master of Puppets" and and uh, "Ride the Lightning," but um, I love that song.
0: Yeah. What was the so in a crowd of seventy thousand people? Was there a lot of
1: recognition of that song? No, and also, um, you know, the Olympia Stadium is not like uh, known for its great sound quality. So right. at that point, it was kind of um it's you know i don't know how to explain sound like muddy to,
0: muddled or muddy right
1: muddy you know you couldn't you couldn't hear out the like the details of the song i don't so know if you not...
0: know this about me Jan, but i'm a professional musician i i know the lingo know. and the biz <laughs> i got the biz lingo
1: <laughs> that's what we're talking yeah <laughs> no but um if, if you're not familiar with the song i think at that point and also with the next song the god that failed um that was you know, it was kind of rough and, and muddy. Yeah, muddy mm. is the right word. Interesting. And uh, yeah, and um, I think last year Guns N' Roses played the Olympiastadion in Berlin, and they really they like got like booed, you know, because mm. the sound was so shitty. And it was in the newspapers, and the uh, fans actually wanted their money back. Wow. And um, so so the the venue seems to be uh, yeah complicated from a uh, uh, sound engineering. The well,
0: of... and it's helpful to remember, like, I mean, that uh, that place was built as a sports coliseum. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, even the arenas they play in over here, and I'm sure over there, too, they're, they're hockey arenas and they're basketball arenas,
1: and right. they're just not yeah. really made for that. No, no. And y- you could, I mean, at that point, I really thought, okay, hmm, doesn't sound too good at that point. I mean, I, I still uh, I feel, uh, thought it was great because I just love the song and I know the song. But uh, sound-wise, I thought, okay, the arena is way better. Um, yeah, spoiler, I, I changed my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's good to know that it got better for sure. I mean, you know, the guy that got out with him, Big Mick, knows what he's doing. It's just you're, especially if it's raining and the weather sucks, you're just battling so much stuff. I'm trying yeah, to find think- this. I'm trying to find this thing about fans being bummed about uh, the gun show.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it was last year. Because so it sounds
0: some some fans lash out at Guns N' Roses on Facebook about Berlin, Germany concert. Earful from some fans who express their displeasure with the shorter set list and poor sound.
1: Mm.
0: Wow, I wonder I wonder why they played a shorter set list.
1: Probably because
0: of the sound. <laughs> That's true. Like Axel, who knows? About yeah, right. That guy. The old Axel is back. Wow, interesting. Well, sorry for that derailing. I just thought that was interesting. No,
1: sure. I mean. uh that's, that's, you know, uh, that's like the Olympic stadium is, is famous for it. It's not like has, doesn't has the best, um, doesn't have the best sound quality. So it's, I think the, the sound engineers that they were pretty, pretty busy, but, but they fixed it.
0: Though. But it's like when you, when you're that big and you're going to, you know, you're going to sell 70,000 tickets, where else could they, they would have to do like, you know, four nights at the arena in Berlin or something to, to, to make up for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, I guess, it's just the dollars and cents. They're like, look, we're gonna. The sound may, we may struggle with the sound, but we're gonna sell
1: seventy thousand tickets in one night and be able to move yeah. on to another show in two days. And I mean, they fixed it. I mean, uh, maybe it was. I mean, I was on the very right side of the stage. So, um, at what point was, did it get better? I think with the Unforgiven already. Oh, so, cool. Right
0: on. That's not yeah, bad.
1: Yeah. It also depends on the song because um, if it's a very sort of complicated song, so later on they they played Set Anger mm-hmm. and. Um, that also sounded not too, not too, not too good. Not too Are well. you
0: sure that wasn't just because of the source material? That may have. I don't
1: know. I'm not sure. <laughs> there was a sort of a fundamental problem with that song I, sounding I good. It really is. You know, uh, on my way back from Berlin, I took some notes uh, for for this podcast, obviously, mm-hmm. just to to remember my my thoughts on the different songs. And I I wrote down for Sandanger, you know, I don't like it on record, and I I don't like it live. <laughs> so. I, I, mean, I still appreciate that they're trying to get those songs also back into the set list. Yeah,
0: that that's kind of my only. That's really my only positive takeaway is that I, I like that it's different. Mm-hmm. I like that they're showing some love to a a super maligned record. Like I like the spiritual implications of that, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make me like the song anymore. I just, no,
1: sorry. No, no. And at that point, "Set anger. I mean, it's it's a complicated song. Love changes in in tempo and um in styles. Yeah. yeah. And. That with with uh, combined with not like the best sound quality. Um, yeah, no. How was James? In,
0: like, how was James vocally at this gig? Did he sound good? Great. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Love it. Oh, he was amazing, and he he uh, and you. Know, the, the thing I, I appreciate or I love the most is, it seems like the guys are really having fun. You know, they they're sort of having the times of their life. Yeah. And uh, he was joking around all the time. You know. Um, He was like, um, oh, another new guitar. You know, I have a lot of beautiful guitars and this one is even dry. So, you know, he was making fun and I think he was in a a good mood.
0: Dude, I'm glad you mentioned that because it kind of like mine and Ethan's phones blew up for a little bit after the Berlin show because he was playing, I assume you're talking about this uh, Ken Lawrence Flying V, like a brown Flying V. The new one, the the, the sort of,
1: I don't know, wooden one. Yeah.
0: So he he had... (laughs) <laughs> My friend, our friend Chris Yurgis, who's the Metallica Santa Claus, he was texting me and he was like, "Whoa, look at this guitar!" And of course, the nerd in me was like, "He's had that guitar since 2012. He just never plays it." Mm-hmm. And Chris Yurgis was like, "No, this is a new one. It doesn't have the." He immediately was like, "Nope, it doesn't have those inlays. It doesn't have the blah blah blah." It's pretty cool yeah, that no, he's the, playing a new the guitar with,
1: all the, with the writing on it, and, and which is pretty similar, I guess. Yeah, but this was a new one, right? Without anything. This, this is brand that's...
0: new. Yeah, this is brand yeah. new. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, because because Ken Lawrence also made that what they call the Carl with all the the writing on yeah, right. the fretboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But normally, when he plays the ballads, he plays his classic Ken Lawrence that most people associate visually with S mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and M, uh, and that's kind of his ballad guitar. And he's got two of those. I knew he had a he had a V that he's just never played, but this is a new V that he started playing. So you know that's fun it's little things like that that kind of make shows poke out i remember one of the shows i saw on the arena tour was kirk's first night playing his red Ouija guitar okay so those are just fun little things do you know do you remember what song he played that v on no i don't okay no, no, that's no, kind I of do. a minute detail yeah i no. do want to hear about before we move on from saint anger i did want to hear about here comes revenge are you are you a hardwired guy? Or are you into the deep cuts? Were you excited oh, uh, yeah, to see I that song? It.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, um, uh, we also uh, missed out on, on the Unforgiven. You know, right. uh, I have to I have to talk about the Unforgiven because Absolutely. that's like one of my uh, you know favorite songs of all times. I love the Unforgiven, and often to me, life, it's uh, the, the the clean parts they don't sound too good, and um, I think this time was better. And also, Kirk, he nailed the solo. It was, um, it was like, really, okay, now and here he comes. The, the solo is like one of the most famous solos ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was really like excited to hear that live. And it was amazing. I think he's like he's like back in, in sort of God mode. Uh, Love it. You know, he just, it was, it was great, amazing. So I really, really enjoyed the Unforgiven. That was like a real treat for me. And it was also just great, you know.
0: Do you, uh, was he playing the greenie? Are you familiar with that Les Paul that he plays sometimes for that?
1: I don't know. And he I'm plays sorry. this
0: like two million dollar guitar that he. Tours I know I, with. know, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a I treat like remember. to see it. I'm sure he played it at some point during the night. So it's it's just like another level of cool. First of all, you're in the presence of the boys, which is always awesome. You're sharing it with all these fans, but even just knowing that you're in a room with a guitar that famous is so cool too.
1: Yeah, and the coolest thing is like he posted a picture on Instagram uh, with that uh, very guitar mm-hmm. uh, right in front of the famous Brandenburger Gate. Uh, in Berlin. So he went there with his guitar, his two milling guitar, right in the night, and wow. <laughs> had a picture taken in front of the Frontenburger uh, Wow! So that was amazing. Yeah, But uh, I have a question. I, I, as far as I remember, you're a professional musician. Is that true? That, hey,
0: yes. Boy, thank you for mentioning that. Of course oh, I am. What a
1: coincidence. Because I have a question. H- how do you deal like with rain? So do you have to you, change and switch guitars more often? You know I mean they're right out there in the rain and um and yeah, they're, yeah they're the
0: yeah we 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 actually had a show recently where that was the case and I just like I had my I'm sure this is what Kirk did but I just had my guitar tech I was switching guitars definitely more often he would wipe mm-hmm. them down As far as the electronics you're fine um and you know the guitars just wood but it's just if if you don't wipe them off the metal will rust it'll definitely okay. ruin the strings but it can ruin the hardware too so I'm sure he just had his guy wiping him down. Okay. But in terms of actually playing, it's fine. Your hands are slip- more slippery.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. That you're like slippery, and when you have to play very fastly, like, you know. Yeah, it's not
0: ideal for sure, but it's also okay. not a. It's not a huge like. Oh no! What are we gonna do? You can play <laughs> in the rain, you know. Okay. Um, okay. So how about "Moth in the Flame"?
1: Great new classic to me. New classic and, for sure. Uh, sure, and uh, Life, it, it's just amazing, and he um he did like sort of well, yeah introduction speech you know this song is about addiction and and it's like a moth into the flame and then all the, i think the pyro went like uh kicked in mm-hmm. and um the pyro was was amazing uh, i remember the episode of the metallica's pyro guy yeah no? matt yeah matt thomas had yeah, yeah, dude in, in berlin was amazing they're like uh, Pyro like flames on right on the stage, above the stage, and then right in the middle of the stadium. And it was, it was, uh, dude, it was amazing. It's Most so movie. cool
0: that you still got to see. Did you see the dancing flame thing? Because sometimes uh, they can't do that if it's raining. What is the dancing like? It's like a flame on the stage that moves from left to right. I think so. I can't
1: No. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes they can't do it depending on what the music is. I mean, they had, they, is. they had flames on the stage. Yeah. Um, and also huge flames like above the stage and um could you feel them where you were yeah yeah that was amazing that's so wild that, dude that, that's that phew. it was really like you know for an instant it was so hot and i was wow and we are not too too close i mean we had, we had great great seats but not like you know like 10 meters away we're like really far away and still you could you could feel the the, the heat was, oh dude when yeah. you're
0: when you're up there right near that shit, it's actually kind of scary. it really it is, is. kind of yeah. scary,
1: especially if you have the history of James. I mean yeah you know yeah, it kind of uh, makes me
0: scared for him, although he's yeah. obviously dealt with it. It's been what 20 years, 25 years.
1: Yeah, but still I mean if, if he had the experience and he you know how, how dangerous it is and still they have like, like this really huge flames on the stage, it's wow yeah I, I agree yeah. I, I yeah. wouldn't
0: if he, if he was like, hey, I'm done with pyro.
1: Uh, I would get it. I would I would understand
0: mm. that position for yeah. sure.
1: But um, you know, other than the uh, arena show, um, we had this this uh, large pyro stuff, and it was really amazing. And the, the the show itself was awesome. And I took some pictures and uh sent them on the day after. Sent them to some friends, and they said, "Oh, dude, where have you been?" That must have been a Rammstein show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Rammstein is crazy with that stuff. Yeah, they are. They, they are. have like weird like blowtorch machines that they make themselves it's, and it's, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll I'll go down like a Rammstein YouTube rabbit hole and just yeah. watch I'll just watch Duhast like twenty different versions of Duhast. <laughs> yeah. Just that whole
1: industrial they've got a very unique aesthetic. They do. I mean, I'm not too much into Rammstein, but I have to admit that the uh, the, the show, I mean, there's this, uh, I don't know, it's like a few years away ago, um, the, I think they played Madison Square Garden. And there's a pretty professional uh, film or a video um, of that, um, that performance mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube. And it's, it's I mean, it's a show. It's like a, like a theater, you know?
0: I think they also do weird stuff where they like do weird sex stuff on stage too, though, which I could do yeah. without. I'm cool yeah. without that. Yeah, I am, yeah. You know, especially yeah, now at yeah. my age with children and everything, I'm like, eh, I'm good. I'm good on that.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure about Rammstein, You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the music. It's 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 uh it's fun. It's very, uh, again, very very massive and you know, uh, heavy. But the uh, the whole thing around it's, you know, I don't know.
0: Well, the good news, Clint, you got the Rammstein gig. Um. Uh, they're going to pay you $3,000 a show and they're going to be touring for the rest of the year. Okay, cool. But during this one moment <laughs> on stage, we're all going to come have sex with you on stage.
1: Oh. Yeah, there's always the but.
0: You know? Wow. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So moving on into "Sabbath True, of course, I, I'm sure,
1: man, 70,000 people going nuts to that song. That sounds yeah, like so it. fun. It is. And, you know, I just love it. Um told my friend, okay, now listen to him telling you do you want heavy? Metallica gives you heavy, and then right into uh, sad but True. I love it. I mean, uh, you know, at home or in my playlist, there's not too much Black uh, like album stuff anymore. Hmm. But but live, um, you know, sad but True is just—it's amazing. One of yeah. the best live songs.
0: I'm kind so. of the same way. I know Ethan. Ethan does listen to the Black Album a lot still. <laughs> I'm kind of like if it comes on, I'm not going to change it. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, like putting that on. I don't even own it on vinyl. That's mm. just not one of the ones I go to, but I, it's probably just because when I was a kid, and I'm sure you did it too, I just wore it out. I mean, I know every fucking second of that record, you know, by heart. So, yeah,
1: right. Same with me, especially as you know, as for Enter Sandman, for instance, I have no Enter Sandman in any of my Metallica playlists. So, I, I don't. I mean, I appreciate what the song has done for the band, but I'm mm-hmm. not listening to it uh, at home. But if it comes, life. You know, if you know this is Andrew Sandman, yeah, I still freak out. You know, uh, I still love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: it's pretty much the same with with Sad but True. And I think as a as a live song, it's it's amazing. It's heavy. You know, sort of darkened and on a stadium sound system with all the pyro and the. I think when they play um, Saber True, they have like this this marching boots on the on the screens. Okay. And it's, like, it's it's great. Loved it. And also the the crowd went nuts because everybody knows that true. Yeah,
0: totally. Any of those Black Album tunes are just going to crush.
1: Yeah, right. This is like...
0: Which is interesting mm -hmm. because they've taken some out. It's it's interesting they're playing The God That Failed, kind of a deeper cut that people might not... They took out Wherever May Roam, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's like, wow, okay. Yeah. Although I'd rather see... I'd rather see these. Other, I'd rather see the God that failed than wherever I may roam. I'm cool without that. Yeah, one. I mean, the, the God that failed was great.
1: I've Also, never seen before. Life
0: and is... that'll go. Down. I I believe. I mean, I'm not like a setless expert, but I do believe that the the European Stadium Tour will go down in history as like that is going to end up having been a big treat for that tour.
1: Yeah, because I mean,
0: before they started, now it's kind of they play the God that failed almost every night. But dude, like four months ago, when they the first show, when was the first gig? of this tour. Let me look. It was in Lisbon on May first. Oh, Lisbon, yeah. Dude, when they played that, everyone was losing their fucking minds. Yeah, I know. And I think yeah. they played Disposable Heroes
1: too. That fir- that first night was crazy. I mean they played No Leaf Clover, for instance. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah. Not, unfortunately not in Berlin, but they but they did. And and all those deep cuts, it's it's great. And I think the the mixture is great also for like the the the, the diehards and like people who have been to several Metallica shows. Uh, they got their trees, and also they they play like the. Of course, they play the hits, especially in a, a stadium tour. They have to, um, and I, I really the the the, the setlist was great. I really this was well
0: on the on the arena tour. They had this amazing block that was like, it was like sad one puppets and moth. That mm. was just insane. But dude, they've won up that on this tour because the the fives. They, so after sending her one puppets bells creep and seek that is insane
1: that's, dude that's that's really uh that was like I, c- I couldn't believe it I mean especially one um I'm also not too much okay uh shit uh, here we come uh, okay. I'm, I'm not too much into the justice uh, record oh wow <laughs> yeah and also I mean one I'm firing it, you I'm sorry. firing you from I, this I know, from this I episode know. you're fired from metal tales. Okay can can we sort of cut this out <laughs> no, no, no no that's I, cool I, I i don't know why it just you know it never clicked for some for some reason i don't know why interesting but but one life this time was was it was so it was one of the highlights yeah. absolutely i mean the show and then they uh like uh last chord they, uh, they let it ring it out and then write into master yeah like, wow master and then master is, is 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 finished you know and then um right into from the belts told and then creeping i mean that was you, you can't ask for anything more that was someone
0: like, someone said on a previous metal tales i can't remember who they said that they were getting a kick out of like watching the more casual fans or maybe someone who this is their first time seeing the band in a long time just their minds being blown by this run yeah, of songs yeah. like it's like every
1: song you hope they would play they play them yeah. all right <laughs> in a row yeah right it's like next punch next punch and I, I've read uh, I really have written down here in my notes, like everybody was staying there. I just like mouth wide open. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so it was amazing. And yeah, I also kind of um, uh, watched the other people, and, and they're really like, oh my god, no way. And then I really like this part, one master of puppets, bells, and then uh, also creeping death, and it was it was just amazing. It is almost
0: like. <laughs> I get a kick out of imagining Lars making the set, and because you know him, dude, he's like, "Oh my yeah. god, they're gonna fucking go nuts." He, you know, he's self-proclaimed the biggest Metallica fan of anyone, and he's like, "This is what I would love to hear if I was a fan." But it, it is funny to think about, like, the one <laughs> puppets, bells, creeps, you can destroy, is a five-song apology for Saint Anger. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like we're gonna play Saint Anger or Frantic, and then we're gonna make it, everyone just hang in there. We're gonna make it up to you with twenty-five minutes of just ripping your fucking head off.
1: Dude, ex- exactly what I felt oh, after St. Anger was, ooh, that, that was kind of rough. And, right. uh, you know, a lot of people, who what what's that? Nobody seemed to, to know the song. And, and then they started to one, and everybody, really everybody went f- f- crazy because the show was amazing, and the song is just amazing. Um, And that was, like, best part of the, the whole if show. If I
0: remember correctly, during one is when you see those green lasers. Is yeah. that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So that's an exciting moment, too. It is. So from, from the whole show, like lasers and all the pyro, yeah, it was really amazing. Like real, I didn't expect that much of a, of a, of a show, you know, of, of, um, sort of special effects and, but it, 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 it fitted good. I mean, it was, was great with all the songs and it was really, really good. I got really to, great.
0: I got to talk to the lighting director for the whole mm-hmm. tour, um, at the Nashville gig. Okay. And, uh, our friend Wes was kind enough to let me and Paul Milk, like kind of roam around the stage and talk to everybody. And, uh, He said that like a lot of that's James, because James is like, no one wants to see four old dudes, you know, play (laughs) guitars. So and even the lighting director said to me, he was like, actually, they do. I mean, people would just watch you guys in a club, you know, if you guys did it. But it is such a um, it's a nice treat that at this level, they still care so much about making it visually interesting. Yeah. You know, I think we're really lucky. Did a great job. And that, even like in the arena stuff with the drones, they're the first band to really use drones that way. I mean, they're they're still sort of pushing boundaries and pushing the envelope of what's possible live. After all these years, when they have a musical catalog that stands on its own, I think that's thing that's cool. Mm. It makes me proud to be a fan, you know. Totally. As yeah. a single it's... silver tear slides down my face.
1: <laughs> no, but that that's really. I'm I'm also just proud of the of the of the guys of the band right. because. It's really great, and they really seem to to enjoy the whole experience for themselves. And it's not like they're like, you know, we are the 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 metal gods on on world, and we're, you know, doing like this one and a half hour show, wave two times, and then you know, uh, back to the to the chopper and off to the to the hotel. Right. They, they, they really take the time, and they really seem to enjoy the whole show. And um, yeah, it was was great.
0: I think part of that TLC that we we were getting is a result of what i guess was james's sort of you know boundaries where he only wants to mm. play 50 shows a year. Yeah. That's kind of a bummer. I know that like our Australian friends have had to wait 3 years for them to finally come this year, but i think the benefit of that is when they are there in your city, they're going to have a day off the next day, maybe sometimes even 2 days off. They have the energy. They can take their time. They're more grateful to be there. The whole experience i feel like is better.
1: Yeah, it is. You know. I mean, maybe Berlin was special i mean i have no comparison because it was like the first gig after after their break so yeah. um it was like uh, you know uh, first gig after i don't know how much time they yeah spent i think off. it's usually like two weeks two weeks or something, so no but uh, they really seemed enjoying what they're doing
0: is it during creeping death is when they kind of come down to the the catwalk thing or is that just seek
1: no, I think they're they they played Creeping Death on the on the catwalks right at the okay. front of the That's stage. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. And
0: did they have someone like a kid come up for Seek and Destroy and play? They usually no, do something like that no, too. No. No, okay. no.
1: No, Nothing. No, no. No one was on stage. No. No. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um after Set 2, um Sanitarium. Mm-hmm. And that was also a treat to me, also one of my favorite songs. And last year in Stuttgart, we had uh, Fate to Plague. And I think so, Fate to Plague last year and uh, Sanitarium, that was like one of the uh, parts where they uh, changed from, from night to night between Sanitarium and yep. uh, Fade to Plague. So I was really happy uh, to, uh, that Get they played some variety. Yeah. yeah. And it was great. Again, Kirk, he nailed it, I guess. Yeah, dude. I
0: Sanitarium is just never a song I think about. I, I In fact... I always sort of think I don't like it for some reason, but every time I hear it and I saw it right up front, I was like right up in Kirk's fucking ass when I saw it in an arena. I'm like, dude, I love every part of this song. I love the solo. I love the lyric. I love the vocal. I love James's stuff. I love Lars's stuff. I love that bridge.
1: I think "Sanitarium" is one of the songs that really got me into Metallica because... When we started, you know, back at the time, I had guitar lessons, and we started with Master of Puppets. I bought the the album, and first time uh, I would listen to it, I was like, like shocked. You know, I started with Battery, and you know the the acoustic intro, oh, nice. And then it was, you know, at that time, too too heavy, too fast for me. And um, it's still too heavy and too fast for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then with Sanitarium, I I, I sort of understood, like, um, you know. They're like the fast parts, and then all of a sudden, there's like the most the most beautiful riff ever, and that that sort of to me is sanatorium. So that's
0: that was one of the first songs, especially if you're just listening through puppets, hmm. that I heard and thought I can probably play this. It just it felt possible, mm-hmm. you know. It's slower. Yeah. It's this kind of brooding, arpeggiating, picking thing, and even the first solo felt manageable. Yeah, and so there was that spark that's connected to that song, you know, like one there is so much technical shit going on in the clean parts to one that I I just, it felt like impossible. One to me, when I was a kid, I may as well have thought I was going to play eruption because they have (laughs) those like layered, like seven guitars and they're doing all that classical sounding stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas sanitarium
1: is just a lot more straightforward, you know, it is. Yeah. And fade to black is similar. Yeah. And and fade to black probably is my favorite song. So I kind of like those, you know, the, 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 the slow songs. Yeah, me too. And uh, I really love it. And also the second, the second solo in Sanitarium, like, you know, had this this very special tension to it. Uh, I really love it. Yeah,
0: that's
1: badass. Amazing, yeah. And and he nailed it on stage. That was good. I love hearing that. As far as I remember, he played like the solo during he was like you know running over the stage, and he was like on a on a going to the to the crowd and. You know, I was thinking to myself, dude, this is like such an amazing guitar player, you know. And um, yeah, it was great. I think people underestimate the
0: what it takes athletically to play that music while having stage. You know, especially in the arenas, which you saw. They're all. I feel like the boys are always moving, always changing corners. mm -hmm. They very rarely just plant. And yeah, Kirk runs around. I mean, Kirk's in good shape. He is, but he is. but in terms of the playing, sometimes people give him a hard time. But I'm like, dude, he's he's playing really complicated music while smiling. He's always smiling at fans, making sure fans see him, and he's nodding a lot. I feel like Kirk does a great
1: job. He does. I love Kirk. I mean, uh, really, uh, and I think he 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 had his you know time, sort of I don't know wee times um, where he wasn't too. You know, there was some 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 bad shows or not, like, um, great shows. But right now, like, the last years so, or um, last year and this time especially, he did a great job and uh, was, was amazing,
0: totally yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah, totally. Okay, and then we uh, went right into the doodle and <laughs> we, we came back to Rammstein. Oh, wait, what did they play? Rammstein. Engel, is that a Rammstein song? Engel is Ramstein. yeah. Oh, it's, okay. like, one of the... First, it's like the first hit Ramstein had in in Germany. Did were some of the Ramstein guys at the gig?
0: Because I feel like I saw a I picture. Maybe I think there was a backstage picture of one of them with some of the Ramstein guys. Yeah, they're just saying "du hast" over and over to each other. <laughs> this little known fact: Ramstein actually doesn't speak German. They just know "du hast mich gefragt." <laughs> "Du du hast," yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. No, but... They paid some tribute. To, did, did Robert Kirk sing that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was. Strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it was fun because as soon as everybody uh, uh, recognized the song and everybody was singing along because, you know, if you're into metal uh, uh, or hot rock, you in Germany, you probably know the, the Rammstein song. So it was great. Um, and uh, everybody sang along. So it was fun. It was a good doodle.
0: Yeah. The, some, some of those are hit or miss. and I, and I do mm. like that they've been doing Man Unkind. And then you got Orion instead of Anesthesia, which is cool. I'll take either of those. I've seen Anesthesia like five times. I, I never saw them do Orion in the Doodles. No? No. They always no. did Anesthesia. All okay. the, I think I saw them five times over the last couple of years. Okay. And I never saw Man Unkind. That's fucking awesome, too. I love that song. I wish they would play
1: it live. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, after the Doodle, um, it's an anger. Mm-hmm. As we <laughs> discussed before. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know well, what?
0: Yeah. On on Master of Puppets, it actually has the note about his, it says that Kirk's guitar strap broke just before okay. the solo. Oh. So I guess it's I've strapped, had that happen. Man. So that just means that he, you know, he, you can't, there's nothing holding the guitar on his body. It's real hard. To, okay. You have to like brace it to yourself.
1: And it's, I imagine yeah. playing a complicated solo is pretty difficult you're it doing that might be a complicated situation yeah no because i was i, I didn't know what, what what really happened i thought it was something with the rain maybe that's why i asked you if there's mm. like a uh, big issue with the rain and i saw some some technical issues and technical issues but if it's just a uh, the strap okay and um yeah but you could you could hear it you could see it and um, he just got this the the new guitar and just kept on playing so he was fine he did the pro thing
0: that's all you can he do did, did. did james did. Yeah. did james make a joke about it or anything no no okay cool no.
1: i wonder if james gave him a dirty
0: look did james should
1: have <laughs> a dirty look no i think because you um obviously they kept on playing but you you know everybody knew okay that that should be a solo right now there should be some some kirk stuff right? and nothing's happening and so then you you realized okay they, they he has some problems with his guitar
0: yeah and um but that's it i wonder if they're going to fix that in the live metallica release sometimes they fix that shit. Okay. Or they'll fly in a solo from another gig or whatever. It'd be I, 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 I prefer if I'm going to document the show I went to and get it downloaded or whatever, get a CD or however, however people listen to the shit these days. I'd prefer it to have all the imperfections.
1: Yeah, I think you know, keep it real. I mean, that's what that was happening. That, well, that that could happen during a, a live show. That's that's why it's live. Right. I mean, we don't go there to to listen to a record. We go there to see them do it live. And um, if that happens, it happens, and it's no big deal. I mean. Yeah, I agree. Not it's not his fault, and um, it got fixed, and every, everything was fine.
0: It's not his fault. He slipped on his wah pedal in front of 70,000 people. I know. Uh, yeah, that that's, poor bastard. That that should not happen. That's sort <laughs> of like his Fabio, like the goose-hitting
1: Fabio in the face. That's his version of that. Okay, yeah. No, but um, this time he didn't slip, although it was raining all the time, but only the guitarist, Jeff, okay.
0: Oh, I bet he never slips again, dude. I bet I bet after that he was like, <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting custom shoes. Some I'm gonna, ha- shoes, I'm right? gonna have a, a a Metallica slave wipe down all the areas <laughs> that I'm gonna be standing. I'm sure I'm sure they solved that problem real quick. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well moving right along. Yeah. Um where are we? I think um Well anything notable in Bells and Creep and Seek, we've touched
1: on them a bit, but Yeah. I mean from the bell's toll, love it it's great also you know there are this this uh, little breaks within the song Mm -hmm. and then they get right into it and that's that's amazing life also on the stadium sound system yeah it's just so so heavy love it and creeping death for me one of the best live songs so i love it and it's um it's great you know sing along stuff and i was kind of um uh, you know uh uh, I was really happy they played it because, meanwhile, because they, you know, one master from the belt tours, I was, I was not expecting they also play creep. So I thought, um, okay, this time I'm not going to get creeping death. But they played it and it was amazing. And also, you know, you were like, you know, one master, belts, and then creeping death, and then seek and destroy. I and mean, mm-hmm. that was like, wow, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: that, that round of tunes is so fucking killer. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to. Get on a plane tomorrow and go to Europe and (laughs) go to Copenhagen or something and watch this damn show. I think they're playing tonight, right? Yes, tonight is Gothenburg, Sweden. Yeah, right. Sweden. Sweden. (laughs) We actually don't have anyone doing Metal Tales for that. So if anyone's hearing this uh, today or tomorrow and wants to come on, let us know because we actually don't have anyone lined up for that gig. Uh,
1: Come on. Yeah. I know. Come on, dudes. You you, you could ask Lars. I mean, he's local and... That's true. I,
0: I, yeah. Or maybe I could get uh the ghost guy. Oh, the ghost guy. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I'll just call him <laughs> yeah. up. Easy. Okay. We yeah. actually are going to have the uh, lead singer of Bokassa on. Oh, really? Our uh, our friend. Um, oh my God. Uh, why am I not thinking of his name? Uh Darren. Darren Edwards. He uh <laughs> he knows those cats. He works he works for a music label based out of Sweden, and so uh he's he's hooking us up with talking to those dudes just to get okay. their perspective on like the sort of wide eyed. Holy shit! We're opening for Ghost and Metallica in stadiums all over right. Europe. What that? What's that like? You know? Yeah, I love those those backstage stories and. Uh, yeah, great. Can't wait. Nothing but the dirt. I want to know about all the drugs <laughs> and all the chicks. <laughs> yeah. Um. So for the encore, did you have any idea what they'd be playing? Did you? Were you just sort of anticipating? It? Because they've been alternating Lords of Summer and Spit, I guess. So. No actually
1: I was expecting Spit out the Bone. Cool. I don't know why. Yeah, but um, yeah, Spit out the Bone was 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 great to me another new classic live classic. Awesome. And um, um, yeah, Love it. it was great. I um you know I, I really do love um Heartwired the the whole record and um, last year in, in Stuttgart they also played Halo on Fire which awesome. I also I think it's it's uh, one of the best um, live songs to play from the Hotwire record yep. especially with this special um, live intro James does and, oh I love um, that slow intro the, yeah it's amazing it's it's really great and also the um, uh, you know sing-along outro mm-hmm. which is also great yeah so you got to yeah. see some good shit
0: I mean you got to see Confusion which was rare and you mm-hmm. got to see Now That We're Dead which they're not doing no, yeah, right now yeah. and of course I think you got to see Atlas also so you, yeah, you got sure. a pretty last good year. spread yeah, last
1: year Last year they did a lot of um, um, hardwired stuff, and um, um, yeah, that was great. I don't think that they anticipated
0: Spit Out the Bone to be so well-received live. I remember they were drumming it up. Uh, they debuted it in London last year, and I remember uh-huh. last year they were releasing all the Tuning Room videos, and they were just kept working on it, and it would sound kind of rough, and then it would get a little better inch by inch. And I don't think they were planning on playing it, dude. I don't think it's kind of become a,
1: a, a hard a worldwide tour staple now. Yeah, and I think that's that's uh, you know they're really and they're really happy that um, the whole record got uh, received so well. Totally, I mean, it's it's like their second, um, they're on like second uh, peak. It's yeah. like uh, to me they seem like uh, yeah, really big right now, not as big properly as during the the black album era, but still. Are they are back on the top. I, mean, I don't know, dude. Uh, I think this might be bigger than that. because, okay. Well, they toured
0: for three years, kind of like yeah, now. Sure. But it, I don't think they were doing stadiums. I think they only did stadiums with Guns uh-huh. because Guns obviously was the, one of the biggest bands in the world at that time, too. This time uh-huh. around, dude, think about it. They did American stadiums, European arenas, <laughs> yeah, sure. American That's arenas, true. and now they're doing European stadiums. Then they're going to do all the stadiums in New Zealand and australia and they had to add second nights to several of those yeah i don't yeah, know if that true. was the case man like they were doing amphitheaters and arenas on black albums so I, I think they were more in the public consciousness but jesus man i mean they sold seventy thousand tickets in berlin that's insane
1: yeah yeah and i think that they, they 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 sold it easily and i think that they really appreciate after all the you know the, the crap they got for us uh, and anger mm-hmm. and also uh kind of you know uh a load reload times um they really really do appreciate um that the, the record is uh, so well received yeah mm-hmm.
0: it says a lot about the uh, about their relevance and ability to keep riding kick ass shit yeah. because yeah b- because it really doesn't make sense dude <laughs> they they shouldn't be selling seventy thousand tickets a night that's <laughs> it's in 2019 that's just really no. crazy
1: yeah it's great i love it we well, I mean, love the record and
0: yeah. then that brings us kind of to like well here's why they're still doing that because of these last two songs, the endurance of these songs, nothing else matters and Sandman. I mean, that's a pretty good answer to that question of how they're still selling all these tickets. Those songs are that powerful and good and they reach through generations and you know, you could really Mm -hmm. chalk it up to
1: that almost. Totally. I mean, uh, nothing else matters right before nothing else matters. They started with nothing else matters. Uh, you know, I, I told my friend, okay, next song probably is going to be nothing else matters, and he was like, oh, they, they could skip that one, and you know, they played this so often, uh, boring. And then they started to play it, and and he was like, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just great, also life. and um, as much as you have listened to the song, as much as it's 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 known and sort of worn out, it's still such an amazing song to me. Absolutely and it's a very important song, and it was life, again, it was great. So and. Again, the whole the whole stadium really everybody was standing there, some people probably crying. And sure. um yeah, it was really it was it was nice. Good. And um um yeah, it was also in the in the stadium really, really great experience and emotional moment to well, me that's as Well, that's a
0: song that for a lot of people is tied to their significant others or to a marriage or to a girlfriend or boyfriend and, and and that song is so I don't know, the song works even with like family stuff too. That song can really get inside of you. And and hit you on a lot of different levels. So I can understand people being emotional
1: during that tune. Totally. To me, it's it's one of the most important songs. When I was, you know, a teenager, whenever I was sad or not not happy with something, I would listen to Nothing Else Matters and The Unforgiven. Mm. At that time, on my discman. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and also um, I, I love the SMM record. Yes. And I think Nothing Else uh, Nothing Else Matters on the SMM record is is amazing as well. Yeah. So
0: I agree great song and then
1: how about sandman to round it all out to me it's um you know life great but also i know okay the show is over so <laughs> yeah i try to enjoy it but i'm also i'm also sad because i know okay, it's the last song they're going to play and there's no more encore that's it and um it's great and um, again, um they, they got the whole the whole crowd um, sing along, jump around, and everybody was having a great time and um, yeah I mean it's probably one of their most or the most important uh, important song for them and um, it was great i've
0: had a strange mixture the last maybe two or three times I saw them when they' were playing Sandman where it was a mixture of like sadness that it's ending and all that, but also kind of mm-hmm. like man, I'm tired. Like, I I, want to go home. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I got a long day tomorrow. I'm like, I don't know what it's, I mean, dude, shit, getting out of a a, a stadium of 70,000 people. But over here too, it's like, God, how long is it going to take me to get a fucking Uber? How am I going to get home? It's going to take me, dude, when I left the Tool concert a few months ago, Mm -hmm. it took us almost two hours to go like three miles out of the arena. We were just sitting in a car. Okay. Just dreading that. I start
1: to feel that in the last song too, you know? no that that's true i mean this time it was it was pretty cold and um yeah you you start getting tired and um so uh when sandman was was over uh we tried to get uh, our way out of the of the of the venue and as you said all of the, the trains were were like packed, so we tried to get an uber and of course we first had to, to walk a little while to to get an uber and um uh yeah but then we made it out that's of the, just part of it i guess. I know. And you know, that's the feeling you have when, when, when sentiment starts, you know, it's the last song. After that everything is done. You've you've waited for so long and everything is over. But um you know, sometimes there has to be the last song. <laughs> I guess it's all gotta end sometime. <laughs> yeah. Well And then they yep. they'd spend a lot of time with the fans as well. So Absolutely. They really took their time. So not like waving goodbye and their gun. They um you no, know, they they came out and Talk to the fans. Obviously, Lars threw his sticks into the crowd and all the. Well, you know, it was great.
0: it's it's Kirk saying the f word about a million times. That's usually his thing. Rob <laughs> usually screams some gibberish, yeah. but it's really the it's really Lars's moment that I love at the ends of these shows because I don't know if he's still doing it this way, but he'd come out and just rattle off a bunch of facts about the last time they were in Berlin and like when, when the first time they came through Germany and. He, he usually would talk about landmarks and, and then they play the video too, like the thank you Berlin video. Did uh-huh. you see any of that? No, we actually didn't. It's on uh, you can look it up. it's
1: on their website, but but, the, but I think uh, because uh, I think they, they all came out or, or stayed out and uh, then we actually made our way out and then uh, again we heard the we heard the the crowd um, cheering again, so I guess that's probably the time when, when Lars alone came out. Gotcha and yeah, but we missed that this time.
0: Well, I'm glad you had a good time, dude. I mean, this is a great great. set list, and I I think you're right. As you said, the band's at a peak for sure, and I think that there's a reason all these people are turning out, man, because Mm -hmm. it feels like a really special time for the band. Yeah, it really does. Any plans to
1: see any other shows on the tour? Uh, No, no, I can't. I can't manage to do that. You know, work, kids, family. Same here. (laughs) So, you know, my my rock and roll theme is back to, to normal, you know, yeah totally mowing the lawn every saturday with a metallica shirt on (laughs) yeah um you know but uh, next time they're going to come to to germany i'll be there for sure well dude
0: thank you so much i know it's late where you are and i know you got a fam over there and thank you for taking the time to come on thank you
1: for supporting the show it was lovely talking to you no thanks it was pleasure for me really great love your podcast and and can't wait for all the other metal tales from the road nice dude well thanks a lot have a good night you too. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, it's Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we hope you're enjoying the Metal Tales from the Road series. If you've been keeping up with us, then you already know that we've covered every stop on the 2018 2019 North American Arena Tour, and we look forward to catching up with all of our European friends later this year on the stadium tour overseas. And there's more! After the stadium tour, we are continuing the Metal Tales series for any Metallica show in the past. Maybe you saw one of the Orion Festivals. Maybe you were at the Channel in 1984 and Cliff Burton bought you a beer. Maybe you were at one of the 30th anniversary shows, or you just saw a regular-ass show in North Dakota somewhere. We want to hear from you. Since Ethan and I started Metal Up Your Podcast, we've wanted to find a way for listeners to call in and share their stories. Well, this is it. To make yourself eligible for a future or past Metal Tales episode, please consider joining us on Patreon. For $5 a month, you not only get to come on the show as a guest, you also get both of our Cover Our World Black EPs, monthly giveaways like deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, Posters and other goodies. You get early access to our YouTube videos, and we also let you ask our guests like Ray Burton, Michael Wagner, Hailstorm, members of Slipknot, your very own questions. For what essentially amounts to two cups of coffee a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. For any of you on the ride with us, we love you, we thank you, peace, and adios. <laughs> I don't know.